You're listening to a Same But Different podcast. In this episode, we will hear from 15-year-old Tayen, who lives with hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia, which is one of about 150 different types of ectodermal dysplasia. Most people with hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia have a reduced ability to sweat and really struggle to regulate their body temperature, which can, of course, be very, very dangerous and is one of the symptoms that Tyen has to manage. Thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time to talk to us. I wondered if you could start by letting me know about your rare condition. I think I was four years old, so my mum had three children prior to me and she just she looked at me and she just noticed something was wrong because my first tooth was pointing it was on the bottom and she was like there's something different about this child and then she went to I think it was like two dentists and they were like nope she's just different and then we got referred to King's College in London and he touched my skin looked at my nails and felt my hair and he told us that I could have hyperhydrotic ectodermal dysplasia my mum went home and researched it and she looked at a photo and she just thought, that's, that's me, that is what I have. So my body can't regulate my temperature. If I get too hot, my body doesn't know that and it, it doesn't sweat when I get hot. So we have to look for other symptoms of me getting hot. So like I go really red and stuff like that. And then the same happens when I get cold and like my lips go really blue when I'm cold and I start to shake and then we have to like warm me up. And if we left it, it could be fatal, like... There's one time I always remember, we were in Spain, I think it was, and we were walking up like a mountain. I got so hot and my mum was like, she's not just hot as in like, you're hot, like I just couldn't deal with it. And she had to actually turn around and just say to my dad that I can't carry on. They don't know why I was so hot. So they didn't have a diagnosis then. Then once they got that diagnosis, they looked back at all of them times and thought, now that makes sense. Also, my hair is very thin it looks very full but there's a lot of bald patches and I have not a lot of hair on my legs my arms and um, my eyes get very dry because I'm missing oil glands and saliva glands in my mouth are there lots of things that you need to take especially now that you know you're 15 you're becoming ever more independent are there things that you're aware of that you're really going to have to manage when you're not living at home I think as I have got older I've realized that there's a lot of things that you you can't just go somewhere new meet new people and just do it you have to explain to them and be like so like when I get when I meet a new friend I have to explain it to them in case something did happen they need to be aware of it for example when I used to dance when I went there we had to sit down and have a meeting and and explain about it you can't just go somewhere and just carry on and be normal you have to you have to put the precautions in place how are your friends now? Are they really good at keeping an eye on you in that way? So I have one of my really good friends. Her mum used to be my head teacher when I was in primary school. So she knows everything. So when there is like we have to go on a school trip, they usually pair me with her, not only because I'm her really good friend, but also because she knows so much about it. And she's so educated on it because she's had to know about it from such a like from when we've been friends and then my other friends obviously I've explained it to them and they are really good my best friend I've told her about it and she's actually said can I research this so I said yeah there's a website and because her mum's a nurse she was all like I want to know more and I was like it makes me happy that you want to know more and 
be there in case something does happen. Would you like to move away or do you think you'd find that difficult? I've always wanted to move, not just like a few minutes away from home, but I've actually wanted to move to like Cornwall, so quite far away. And I, to be honest, when I think about it, I actually don't factor in my condition. I don't think that that's actually going to affect it. But then I suppose you do have to look at it that way because my mum's not then just the five minutes down the road to help me. Like it's, and like if I was to ever go on holiday without her, it's, I need to have someone there that, understands as much as me and my mum to be able to help me because obviously if I'm in if I'm in a state I can't help myself I need someone that can be there and do it when you say if I'm in a state is there like a a progression that you can feel happening or is it so subtle that in a way you can't because you said your body can't regulate that you also can't really tell until you've got to a certain point it varies sometimes so sometimes I can feel like oh I'm getting a little bit hot maybe I need to take a step back but then sometimes it just you'll be doing something and you're like I'm really hot like this is I need to cool down so sometimes it's stages and sometimes it just hits you what happens afterwards once you've cooled down are you tired does it affect you for a few hours a few days or is everything sort of back to normal it can depend so like say if I did get really cold and then like once I've warmed back up I can be warm but I'm still showing the effects that I'm cold so I could still feel cold like if you were to touch me but I feel warm inside and I could feel like shaking still and then when I get hot my nose swells up and I get nosebleeds so they can that can like I can be cooled down but sometimes my body still thinks that I'm hot so it still gives me the side effects yeah you mentioned your eyes as well so do you mind explaining so what is it with your eyes so I'm missing oil glands in there so my eyes get very dry so like sometimes when it is hot my eyes just are so dry that I have to add saline solution or like eye drops to just get them back to normal sometimes I wear contact lenses and my optician was like you're gonna have to test them and see if they do work because obviously if my eyes get dry while I've got contact lenses in then that could be really dangerous luckily so far I've had no accidents and and then you also, you mentioned your hair and obviously like on screen it looks great so does it is it that it breaks off too easily or does it just not grow so I think really it's a bit of both like when I was younger I didn't have a lot of it you could see my scalp really easily and as I've got older it's just like at the back there's a lot of just patches where there's no hair and then when I'm like in the shower or brushing it quite a bit hair just like comes out on the brush more than like normally you would find and I hope you don't mind me asking but were you ever bullied or have you generally been surrounded by good good friends and not had that in primary school I was bullied a bit because I was trying so hard to just be like everyone else it really did upset me sometimes they can't understand why I'm like this so they to process it they bully me and like I remember when I was when I was really younger my eyebrows were really faint and you bet I basically had none and this boy he just wouldn't stop with the eyebrow comments and it just got to a point where I was like I don't care like say what you want but I literally it doesn't affect me because it's your opinion of me I think when you have something like this it's good to be like that because I'm not going to change it could get worse it could get better no one knows so why let someone's opinion of you just change the way you see yourself? That's an incredible amount of sort of internal resilience to have. And especially at 15, because, you know, increasingly now we're looking at 
social media, the impact that's having on, on teenagers at the moment in terms of what we're seeing, body image, positivity, all those things. You sound incredibly confident, which is rare for a 15-year-old. And I wonder if actually your rare condition has given you that. I think it has probably because I get bullied and most of it is because of my condition. And it's like, I can know that it's not, they're not bullying me they're bullying me because of my condition and like it adds it makes me feel better in a way kind of no I think it's really incredible to hear because I think we're very much led to believe that it's a really hard time to be a teenager because we've got social media we have so many ways that people can interact you know you can be bullied online you can be bullied in real life so actually to speak to somebody that carries themselves and is confident within themselves that's really that's an amazing thing to hear and you know I think that's really unusual yeah so if you were to sort of give a piece of advice if you like to somebody whose child has just been diagnosed and you know they've come onto google because they've just had this diagnosis of these complicated sounding words which they've never heard before they don't know what it means and then they stumble across you and your podcast what would you want to say to them just that it's gonna affect your life but because it's all you know it doesn't affect your life that badly like you may have the condition but in a way, the condition doesn't have you. It's what you make it. And you can learn to live with it and have it control you. Or you can live with it and you control it and say, actually, I want to do this activity. I know I'm going to get hot. So that means I'm only going to do 15 minutes of it instead of the full half an hour or something. Like, I think if you put their mitigations in place, you can still live your life. I think it's really unusual to hear a 15 year old say you need to see the bigger picture because typically what we imagine from teens is that they can't yet, you know, that that, that they're just not able to. It's very much part of growing up is that we learn to, you know, go from being a small, wholly dependent child to an independent adult who can think about their future, other people's futures, the bigger picture. And I do think it's really unusual to hear a a 15-year-old say that. And here you are saying it, and it's brilliant. Honestly, thank you so much for chatting to me today. You've been amazing. And your candor and your insight, it's fabulous. Thank you for having me. I found listening and talking to Tayan so insightful. Of course, at the age of 15, she's no longer simply a child and will be going through a time with huge intellectual, social and emotional developmental changes on the verge of becoming an adult. But perhaps having had to learn to live with and to manage her condition has made Tayan wise beyond her years. But I think it's more than that. I think she's just quite remarkable. And I think that this will serve her so well as she travels through life having to advocate for herself, having to navigate the world with her condition as part of her rare disease journey. I think she'll achieve great things. Thank you for listening to this episode from our Days of Rare podcast series. We hope that you'll join us next time when we will share another story of a life with a rare disease with you. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about Tyenne, please click on the link in the description.